Thank you very much for joining us on the latest episode of the Gaming News Canada Show presented by Osler, Hoskin, and Parkour LLP. I'm your host, Steve McAllister. This week, we will be joined by two members of the SBC News team, multimedia editor James Ross and senior journalist Charlie Horner, as they talk about SBC's first ever documentary, The Ontario Frontier Exploring the iGaming Landscape. We will be joined later by Maureen Bettis, the Vice President of Membership and Events for the American Gaming Association, who helps us set the table for the Global Gaming Expo in Las Vegas next week. SBC News has had many fingers in the pie when it comes to covering the business side of the sports betting and gaming industry. Breaking news, following the news, Q&As with the decision makers of the business, op-eds and podcasts, and now they've added a documentary to the mix. We're joined by two members of the SBC team, multimedia editor James Ross and senior journalist Charlie Horner to talk about their new doc, The Ontario Frontier, Exploring the iGaming Landscape. The documentary is being released Friday on SBC's global YouTube channel and on the Canadian Gaming Business LinkedIn page. Uh, welcome both. Uh, James, we, we met at the Canadian Gaming Summit back in June and it's, it's great to see you again. And uh, as I mentioned, thanks, James. And as I mentioned off camera, Charlie, it's uh, it's really terrific to finally finally meet you. I mean, we've we've mentioned your work so many times since the launch of Gaming News Canada in February 2021, and and it feels like uh, you know we've had we've had this relationship, even though this is the first time we've met each other on uh, in person or on camera, I guess. Yeah, it's really nice, and uh, thanks a lot for inviting us onto the show. It's uh, really appreciated. Yeah, I, I just want to say as soon as you hit record my stomach just went i just had butterflies in my stomach and i'm like i'm the host of the iron gaming daily podcast pretty much every day and it's just a completely different experience being on this side of the interview um but i'm, I'm happy to be here and definitely to talk about the documentary which is exciting well I, I was joking with both you and scott fulton on email yesterday that you know jessica wellman set has set the bar pretty high with her appearances on, on linkedin audio so i I did mention, James, a little bit of pressure on both you and, and Charlie. <laughs> I'm sure that sure that's butterflies. Uh, see, a little bit of pressure is understating it because anything Jessica's on, it just raises the bar completely. So there's a lot more pressure. But I think me and Charlie can, uh, can at least try and reach that bar. <laughs> well, listen, we'll try to uh, we'll, we'll try to make sure the libel lawyers don't need to get involved today. And then this, this, this interview <laughs> will be of, the, be of the kind and gentle uh, variety. Um, Seriously, Jane, that, that, that this, uh, it's very interesting that uh, that you and, and Charlie and the rest of the folks at SPC kind of chose the Ontario story to, to make your your maiden voyage into uh, in, into the documentary side of, of journalism and storytelling. And there's got to be there's got to be a good story about how this uh, how this all came together. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a good story, but I think it's just all paths aligning to kind of one conclusion and it kind of so the idea kind of stemmed from me and it kind of came probably initially at the end of 2021 and that was kind of when i was with sbc media's casino beats website i was a senior journalist for them and at the time our our news desk was just flooded with everything and anything ontario you know those rumors of delays to the market launching predictions on how it perform and you know who were actively going to enter on day one and you know, i've been in this industry since february 2020 so i'm st i'll still say i'm a i'm a newbie to this industry but you know all these all the news that comes it's just quite daunting exciting but daunting and that was kind of 
my first impressions of kind of the Canadian or the Ontario market. So, yeah, this was kind of something that I'd list, I'd been following since pretty much before day one. I was when the market launched, I was following it, how it was performed in its first quarter, which everyone was reporting wasn't really that impressive. But I mean, the reality is, you never had clear figures and stuff like that. We'll get into that later on. Um, and this kind of stayed with me until I got my new role um, within SBC as, as the multimedia editor. And I knew that I wanted to do something big, something informative and something educational. And that's kind of where the documentary spanned from. And thankfully, you know, like I said at the start, you know, all past kind of came together because the alignment of the Canadian Gaming Summit um, conference and the start of my role fit perfectly to provide me enough time to kind of work with my, like with the SBC team to create this documentary. And that was kind of where it stems from. Hey, Charlie, you've been following this story for a long time as well. I mean, when I launched the newsletter in, in February, uh, 2021, I mean, obviously, uh, people like yourself and, and Jessica Wellman was following your content. Um, you know, I would say you're two of the journalists who inspired me to, to make, our newsletter, one where we, we do a lot of aggregation and, and point out the great work being done by by other journalists. But, you know, just to James's point, was was Ontario and what was going on with Canada, that, has that been on your radar too for a while? Well, first of all, thanks for the kind words. That really means a lot. And yeah, I think, look, Ontario, when it, when it was clear that the market was going to launch at some point in April 2022, it was a huge moment because... I mean, it's, you know, Toronto, we've got, it's a massive metropolitan city, a lot of wealth in that city, a lot of disposable income that people could use for gaming. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of operators saw a huge opportunity in that. And when we see huge opportunities, when we see big markets open, there's bound to be stories. And uh, I think what we've noticed is, well, not just at SBC, but as a media media environment in general, that there's a lot of things going on here in Ontario. And the way things have panned out in the first 12 to 15 months, I think it's lived up to a lot of the uh, the anticipation that we had uh, coming into things. Hey, James, just going back to, uh, you know, when, when you started to work on the documentary, what, was there a conversation? Like, did you have a conversation with, with uh, Charlie or, or Jess or or a Scott Fulton or a Sue Schneider and said, you know, I think like, I, I want to do more than what we, we've done here. And, and, and you know, I want to put together something that does a long form video. And, and uh, again, I think given, given how everything going on in this industry right now, we, and we talked uh, you and I, James off camera about, uh, you know, this, it's almost like there's a new, a new cycle that's never ending with, with the sports betting and gaming industry around the world right now. Like, was there a conversation you had where you said, okay, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go ahead and do this. Yeah. So kind of a project like this has to have quite a few discussions before it's kind of kicked off. Um, and we, d we definitely did have certain discussions on the projects that we, that we currently did, well, we did at the time, which was kind of just standalone video interviews, which were of really, really, really good quality. Um, but I felt like we're see we were seeing quite a lot of that in the industry anyway. I wanted something which would stand out. It could kind of stand the test of time a little bit, but at the same time, it was 
like I said, informative, engaging, and just something completely new because I've never really seen anything as long form like a documentary from any of the other news outlets within the sector. So that was kind of the discussions that we had and just kind of how would it work? You know, the topic had to be strong and that's the make or break of a documentary is the strength of its topic. Um, and I, I generally feel like Canada was, because around the time we were talking, it was around the, it was, I think, approaching the one year anniversary. So the initially we thought, oh, let's, let's look at the one year anniversary of the market. But then we thought, factor in post-production, we might have a little bit of a, a delay. It might be a little bit of an old news. And then luckily the, uh, the key one figures fell right on our laps. And it was just, it was, like I said, it was just everything aligned perfectly to make this documentary. One thing I will say, Charlie, about the industry that's fascinating to me is that um, there's so many layers uh, in terms of, of people who are involved in this industry. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if, what conferences you go to, whether it's in, in Barcelona or New Jersey or, or Las Vegas, there always seems to be uh, great interest in what's happening in Ontario and, and what might happen across the rest of Canada. And, and uh, you know, we have this own this uh, this gaming community in Canada that includes suppliers and, and tech people and operators and, and regulators. And then you have these global suppliers, you know, like uh, Playtech comes to mind right away. And, and we see what GeoComply, which is a Canadian company and what, what they've done across North North America with, with their business. Um, you know, GBG uh, PLC came on board as, as a sponsor of the newsletter earlier this year, a UK company that's working in, in the Ontario market. Um, just makes me think that, that James and, and the documentary team had their hands full trying to limit the number of people involved in discussion just because there have been so many hands on this market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's again, like you say, there's been so much attention on Canada, on specifically on Ontario. Um, like you say, at multiple different conferences. I know um, SBC Summit Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, there was there was discussions about Canada there. And I think that, yeah, the Ontario market is one of the most exciting jurisdictions in the world. And I think that, you know, the first year, the first 15 to 18 months is really got people talking about, well, where could regulate next? Are we going to look at Alberta? Are we going to look at BC? What, what will happen in Quebec? Um, so I think the it is still that fundamentally we're talking about opportunities here. Uh, can we seize on the Ontario opportunities and what opportunities are coming next? And I think James, with the documentary, has really encapsulated that really well. That leads me, uh, James, the next question. Uh, you know, Scott, Scott Vanderwell, the, uh, the CEO of Points Back Canada, uh, iGaming Ontario's Executive Director, Martha Otten, and Shelley White, the Chief Executive Officer of the Responsible Gambling Council. They're, they're the stars, I guess. They're the, uh, mm -hmm. they're the, uh, they're the Brad Pitt, uh, Angelina <laughs> Jolie, and, and, uh, and Julia Roberts of, of this do documentary. And just to that, uh, that earlier discussion about how many people touch this industry, you know, what, what made you decide to, uh, to, to put Shelley, um, Martha and Scott front and center in the dock. Yeah, so we first off, those three were absolutely fantastic. Um, just a shout out to all to the three of them. I know Shelley White. I've I've done a few things with her in the past, and I will say there's a there's a funny story with Shelley. Actually, the first time I actually ever wanted to do an interview with her, 
I had an absolute nightmare because um, I was working from home at the time. My a tree fell on my internet cable, so like 10 minutes before the interview was meant to start. So I had to literally get in my car, race to the office. And I thought it was 30 minutes after the interview started, and I thought she would have left. Bless her soul. She was still there waiting for me, so I've always had a soft spot for Shelley. Um, but no, back on it, it's, those three were... They, they offered a different perspective, which is something that we really wanted to get um, within this documentary. We didn't want too many of the same voices and just having a rep- like people re- repeating too many, like a lot of the same things. We wanted to try and potentially create a contrast of what people were saying. But Scott Vandervel, he, at the time, Charlie, correct me, they were going through the thing with that Fandrew, wasn't they? Uh, fanatics fanatics Fanatics, in the us um he was going through that and he was still as engaged and energetic to do this documentary because he he saw a lot of a lot of potential in what we were trying to achieve um shelly was great and actually i want to do a shout out to martha rotten because i game in ontario i've in the past i've i've struggled to get some stuff from them but martha's come on and she's she was a little nervous at the time, but she was an absolute incredible interviewee and probably some of the highlights of the documentary is some of the stuff that she says. Um, so that's I th- kind I th- of going. Go on, Charlie. Sorry, I, I just I was just going to butt in and say I think it's really important that we got the three voices from three different perspectives of, of the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get Scott's perspective of, of what things were like from the operator side of things, how they prepared for launch, what their experiences of the market has been, you know, what they're seeing from the consumer side, betting activity, where does online casinos sit within all of this uh, mm-hmm. to get uh, Martha's comments from the regulatory side? How did they build up that framework and how were they going to regulate the industry? And then, of course, Shelley's thoughts about the uh, the market from a responsible gambling point of view, because really, Ontario, responsible gambling is at the core of this market and it's been something that we've talked about you know through almost the entirety of of the industry being being open and and probably even before that you know we talk about the the rg check requirement for operators um so i think responsible gambling is a major part of this discussion and and so to get shelly alongside the regulator and the operators i thought that was really important so again james has done a great job finding and sourcing those guests yeah, and for me, the, the answers that they provided really made my job a lot easier in guiding the narrative because, as I said at the start, we had an overall topic arch that we had to split into a beginning, middle, and end. And we obviously had ideas of how we wanted it to, to flow, but you never really get a true idea until you get the answers on your lap and you can kind of reflect and digest them they really did make my job a lot easier because they just helped drive that narrative forward, which you'll see very clearly in the documentary, just how smoothly it flows. I just want to echo, uh, James, your, your comment about Martha and I gaming Ontario. One of the things I've lamented in the newsletter and, and, uh, on the gaming news Canada show podcast many times is that, uh, you know, Mark, both Martha and Mitch Davidson and I go, really really smart people and i always enjoy my conversations with martha when i bump into her at the conferences and the same with mitch and uh the alcohol and gaming commission ontario have really smart people and and dave phillips and doug hood and brent mccurdy and and 
it really speaks to the government bureaucracy. And, and uh, I think, you know, the, the provincial government in Ontario has done itself a disservice by, by you know, I, I guess it's putting somewhat of a cone of silence over the regulators because I think the people have so, those people have so much to offer in explaining and educating people about, about this industry. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've got to admit, I was a little bit surprised to see that you were able to get Martha to, uh, to contribute to the documentary, but her, her voice, her voice is a really, really important one. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you'll see from the documentary, I don't want to um, give too much away because it'll spoil the reveal, but what Martha talks about and what all, all three of them talk about is it's kind of responsible gaming and education is, is at the forefront and it's, it's a nice message to get across. And it's, it's one that I've pretty proud of to when I was watching the final product that it was so heavily uh, came across that way. Hey guys, without giving, giving too much away, James, Doc, again, we want people to, people to watch it, but were there any surprises or were there common themes that, that Scott and uh, Shelly, Martha can continue to talk about And, and as you mentioned, James, you know, we do tend to get a lot of the same messaging from people around the industry. Was, was there anything that, that you know, kind of uh, forced uh, or caused your eyebrows to raise a little bit? Um, yeah, so I'm trying not to give too much away. Um, again, my initial, watching it back, my initial take was kind of surprise and learning. It seemed to be the key themes throughout the documentary and throughout the process of Ontario launching. Um, multiple examples in the documentary. Again, I'm not going to spoil too much, but it highlights how those kind of observe, observing and aiding the regulatory framework for the iGaming market in Ontario were kind of they were willing to embrace and learn, even up to and post launch of the market. And one of them was channelization rates um, were quite a big surprise. Shelley White goes into them quite in depth and the initial predictions from iGame in Ontario and kind of the reality of what came to be was completely different and quite incredibly impressive. Um, so yeah, and then going into this documentary, I was just kind of following up the build-up of the market launch and not really delving too much into the inner workings of what was actually happening behind the scenes as much as I'd like to. And just hearing from Martha, Shelley and Scott was, was incredibly insightful and I opened it actually for myself because I initially thought prior to the document, uh, prior to the documentary, that sportsbook was kind of the main driver, just with the amount of operators that were launching on the market on day one. But iGaming and Casino is the workhorse for Ontario, and I kind of think the main takeaway that kind of pleased me—that was one of the kind of nice surprises that kind of pleased me a little bit. And then I think one of them we've already talked about responsible gambling, um, responsible gaming. That was the nice main takeaway for me of just how strong of a focus, play protection, and responsible gambling being woven into the regulatory frameworks was. And it documentary will show, and again, I'm not going to spoil too much, kind of the impact the market kind of has or is having on other jurisdictions across the globe. And I think that's quite impressive. Yeah, Charlie, that that iGaming piece that James mentions with the regulated market in Ontario, that's that's so important and so relevant and and we're seeing it in the u.s right now where uh you, you have um you have operators and suppliers and other stakeholders pushing for iGaming to be uh legalized in states where sports betting is currently legalized and it's 
it's really a case of trying to push the peanut with your nose up the hill, isn't it? Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult because we all know that um, as much as sports betting is massively popular, it's a lot, you know, the margins aren't as great as they are in online casino. That's where really the money is for, for these operators. And yeah, we're seeing it south of the border in the US where, yeah, operators are struggling. Um there, a lot of operators are saying, you know, we want to go in states where we can cross-sell iGaming and sports betting. Now, obviously, the, the great opportunity in, in Ontario is that you have both of those, and we've seen the benefits um, that, that that's brought. Um, so, yeah, Ontario's really a leading light in North America from that front alongside the likes of uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, really. Guys, I'll start, maybe start with you, Charlie. I think it's really important and there, there will be, you know, people will watch this documentary and, and they'll say that, oh yeah, I knew that and I knew that. And and uh, to your point, I think earlier, James, it is really important to have a, to have a historical uh, reference to this, this industry. And to me, it's kind of, you know, putting on my sports editor's hat back, back in the day as a sports journalist and going to the Olympics where... Um, you know, people who have covered Olympic sports would always say, well, I, I knew that story about Charlie Horner, the, the athlete, but yeah, but you're people only follow people only really follow these athletes every four years when they're competing or they get up on the podium, win a gold medal. So even though maybe you told Charlie Horner's story 12 months ago, you have to tell that story again, because now the whole world wants to know who Charlie Horner gold medal, the athlete, the athlete is. And I really see that with this industry and, and with this documentary, guys, where, uh, you know, an outsider or maybe maybe there's a new entry in the market or there's someone who, um, you know, joins Points Bet Canada and, and Ch Chantel Cipriano's compliance team who's never worked in the industry before. Uh, this will be a great reference and, and something that people in the industry can can watch uh, watch years from now. Maybe start with you, Charlie. Is that is that a fair uh, is that a fair comment? I think so. Yeah, I mean. Look, we're still very early on in this industry in North America. It's a very nascent industry. Um, people are still learning, picking up the trends. Um, but we, we on on that point, you know, where could this be in five years? Where could this be in ten years? You know, that intersection between sports, technology, entertainment, gambling. I think that's only going to continue. And that could mean that this market in Ontario could be absolutely huge in, in a decade's time. And it's I think it'd be nice to see where it came from, where where it all began, how we even got to the point where it started. And then I think it will offer a, a different perspective, you know, a few years further down the line when the market is a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'll add to that as well. Um... It's for me, if you look at the general kind of consensus, I said at the start of this interview that I'm only three years into this industry. If I had this resource available to me my first year to just be able to look back on kind of learn of some of the different sectors in the industry via a documentary, to have a 12 minute video which has so much information and is educational and informative, it's a resource which is invaluable, like you said, to people who are just entering the industry. So it's not only just a form of informative education and entertainment at the moment, but it's a tool that can be used in the long term to help educate people moving forward and just keep them informed, which I think I think is a nice takeaway. 
Yeah, it reminds me. You're you're in Charlie's thoughts, uh, James. Of uh, there's a there's a clip in the documentary with with Martha talking about you know she she wasn't sure there would even be one uh, registered operator when the market launched in April 2022. Which is you know now you look at it and you kind of you chuckle a bit, um, but when you look back at it, you remember and and again having conversations over the years with with people like Paul Burns and Amanda Brewer and and Martha and, and Mitch Davidson and the folks at AGCO, uh, you realize what a mad dash it was to get that market launched in April of 2022, that uh, it's the proverbial story of the duck swimming on the water where everything looks calm on, on top of the water and the feet are paddling furiously below. And, uh, you know, like Mar- it's quite striking to hear Martha talk about, you know, having 12 operators on, on day one, and that, that was no small feat. Yeah, that was one of my favorite sound bites from the documentary, actually, is uh, that that little note, because you can, it really gives you a glimpse into what they were thinking at the time, what AGCO and IGO were thinking back then. And I think it's a fair, a fair comment because, you know, and Shelley refers to the channelization rate being so high, and it's a testament to the work that they've done to educate players because, you know, Ontarians, they've been betting for a long time. The, the grey market was, you know, it was ingrained into sporting culture and it wasn't a given that people were going to move over uh, to, to the regulated operator straight away. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a great comment. But now looking now with over 70 sites and 40 operators, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice little thing to look back on. Hey James, I don't, I want to just a couple more questions. I, I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of give a shout out to the people involved in this project because obviously it takes uh, uh, it takes a village to put something together like like this. So give I'll give you that form right, right now to do so. Yeah, so I'm not to sound too much like an Oscar speech, but uh, I will have to do, throw out some <laughs> thank yous. Well, um, I won't do a I won't do a, like a preachy message at the end. Don't worry, here just be a thank you. I've got I've got um, I've got the band I've got the ready to go, James. I cut you off. <laughs> right, I'll be really quick. Um, so the first three, I obviously just a big thank you to Scott, Shelley, and Martha again. You know, without them three, documentary wouldn't have happened, and it wouldn't. Even if we got three other replacements, they, they, it wouldn't be to the standard that we produce now. But behind the scenes, we had multiple departments working kind of around the clock and multiple events, you know, to maneuver around to produce this final product. So first off, a shout out to the editorial team, specifically Jessica Wellman, the editor of SBC Americas, Charlie, yourself, and Nick, who's the host of this documentary. They really helped me when it came to kind of the guests that we had help inform the, the overall arch of the topic and best ways to split this narrative, the questions themselves, and even on-location support from the from people who were there. Like, that pre-production that went into this really made the production and post as smooth as possible. And kind of on the post-production, just a shout-out to the internal video team. This documentary, in comparison to what we've attempted in the past, was was just so much grander on scale compared to what we've done and we've learned a lot a lot of lessons along the way but you know the final product has been that we've produced is phenomenal and i'll say that i remember someone saying on a linkedin video that sbc did quote good video honestly like this documentary shows that sbc do incredible video both in content and in visuals so just 
well done to everyone who um, who helped make this product um, along the way. Oscar, speech done. Nicely, uh, nicely done, James. Hey, Charlie, does this, uh, you know, seeing this documentary come to fruition, does it does it kind of inspire you as a journalist to to look at stories now? And and th this is an industry where there are so many storylines right now. And it's uh, I always say it's a, it seems to be a, an industry that's a fast moving train. Does does it have you thinking about stories and thinking, hey, that may perhaps that's that's a documentary we should do, and then you you drop. Uh, you know, you, you send James a, a, a note in WhatsApp or Slack or, or text text him a note and say, "Hey, let's let's put this one in the files." I mean, there's, I mean, now now we know we're capable of putting these kind of things together. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of messages from different people uh, within the editorial team. Um, no, I mean, you, you're right though. There there are a lot of very interesting stories storylines at the moment in North America and Canada um, that that you could make a documentary out of i mean i think i think you know we could do the exact same documentary but for alberta or for bc um in you know two or three years time we could look into you know will those provinces open up we could look into a little bit more into responsible gambling in the u.s there's lots going on i mean the the whole fantasy sports um saga in the u.s at the moment is really interesting um that could be a documentary worth making. So, yeah, I think James is going to uh, have a lot of uh, a lot of messages hitting his inbox in the next uh, few months. I'll embrace those the messages. <laughs> uh, James Ross is a multimedia editor for SBC. Charlie Horner is the senior journalist for SBC. Uh, guys, can't thank both of you enough for for joining us on the Gaming News Canada show and. Uh, again, the documentary is The Ontario Frontier, exploring the iGaming landscape. Uh, James, I'm not sure if we're, if we're going to see yourself and, and Charlie and Nick and uh, Shelly, Martha and, and Scott walk, walking the red carpet somewhere. But uh, we, we, do, we do look forward to catching, uh, catching the documentary. Uh, we will make sure to, to mention it again in the newsletters next week uh, so, so people, people can find it. But listen, congratulations! It, it takes uh, it takes a little bit of guts to to do projects like this. And um, having worked in newsrooms, there's I know there are usually some hurdles and obstacles to overcome to convince people that this is a uh, the kind of project that's worth putting some blood, sweat, and tears into. So, congrats uh, to you, James, and the team for getting this across the finish line. And, and I really look forward to watching it. No, thank you very much. It's uh, it's nice to hear those words and. Who knows, maybe next year. We've just missed out on the uh, submissions, but maybe we'll get it in the Toronto International Film Festival next year, right? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Let's get those votes in now for Tiff. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Thank Steve. you very much. Thanks a lot. A word from our sponsor. The Gaming News Canada show is presented by Osler, Hoskin & Harcourt, LLP. Osler's gaming practice has the insight needed to help clients navigate the complex and evolving landscape of the gaming industry. Osler's position as a trusted advisor in the gaming industry has been built over years of service to operators, suppliers, and gaming authorities. Visit osler.com slash gaming for more information. That's O-S-L-E-R.com forward slash gaming. Now back to the show. We welcome to the Gaming News Canada show the Vice President of Membership and Events for the American Gaming Association, Maureen Bettis. Maureen, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, Marina, I just want to say off the top that we we referred to you in the newsletter on on Tuesday morning as as uh, the new vice president of the ATA. I, I guess in the sake of accuracy, we, we should have said newish, as I, I believe you're approaching the, the one year anniversary of, of joining uh, Bill Miller and, and company at the ATA. But I guess new does sound a little bit better, doesn't it? Yes, I, I, I'll hold on to that new card for as long as anyone will let me. So this is my first official G2E. So I think new is still appropriate. Hey, Maureen, you, you sound incredibly relaxed as, as someone who's been involved with, with running uh, sports events and, and tournaments and, and different competitions in the past. Uh, usually the week before an event, there's a lot of uh, a lot of running around and putting out putting out fires and, and damage control. But but you you sound remarkably relaxed. I don't know if they've already opened the cappuccino bar on the floor of the Venetia or you're uh, this this you're used to this kind of stuff but what what's the feeling like this week around the AGA offices so far this week we've had minimal fires and for that I'm I'm grateful I think it comes to uh, lots of experienced team members here at the AGA and of course from my partners at RX so this isn't our our first rodeo so there's a lot of experience that's sort of lending uh, probably to my my calmness. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for that support. I guess the other thing that probably helps too, Maureen, like if you're you know having run a sports event, you're always worried about what's what's our attendance going to be like, and and how many people are going to watch watch matches on television, and and you know is a sponsor sign going to fall down? I mean, in, in terms of engagement with this conference, I mean, just speaking from a Canadian perspective. Um, People in the industry across the country are excited about going to Las Vegas this next week. I mean, obviously, it's it's Las Vegas. It's uh, you know, it's October when the weather's starting to turn a little bit a little bit lousy in, in Canada. Though that's not the case this week. But um, you know, I think G2E is one of those must attend must attend events for the year. And just reading your comments in an article that Reach B wrote for CDC Gaming Reports this week, you're you're expecting record numbers again this year in terms of attendees and exhibits. Yeah, it's it's been exciting to see. Last year was certainly a record-setting event for G2E in, in 2022. Uh, it's a little too early to be reporting on numbers just yet, of course, but by all accounts, uh, we are looking to be tracking ahead um, year over year for registrations that have come in so far. There's a lot of exciting things happening in Las Vegas. So we, of course, think this year's show is one not to be missed. And it looks like uh, people are, are lining up and agreeing with us. Yeah, and for the hockey fans, and there are, there are many with our audience. I mean, the, the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights have their Stanley Cup banner raising ceremony on, on Tuesday night uh, when they host the Seattle Kraken. So um, I'm sure there'll be a few uh, a few uh, Expo attendees who'll be trying to get over to the Mobile T Arena for that, their T-Mobile Arena for for that game. Um, I, I do want to ask you too. Uh, um, Maureen, one of the comments I found really interesting in, in your interview with, with Reach this week was um, the, the number of people who uh, reached out. And I know that G2E does this every year. I think it's almost as soon as the conference ends that uh, the organizers reach out and, and see who wants to speak and present at the following year conference. And, and I, I think it's probably fair to say that, you, that the association was overwhelmed by the number of people that reached out wanting to participate in the expo. 
Yeah, one of the things that happens every year after G2E is we certainly survey all of the attendees and the exhibitors, and that's what kind of helps us keep our our thumb on the pulse of what people think worked or didn't work at the show each year. What we did with education that was a little bit different this year than what's been done in the past is we did the first official call for content. So instead of us taking a look at um, what did and didn't perform, which we of course do every year, we went out to the industry at large and asked them to submit their ideas for content and speakers. And we weren't really sure what we would get back you know, could you, would we get five responses? Would we get 10? Would we get a hundred? And we were um, just clearly uh, overwhelmed with 400 plus submissions. So I think that says a lot about the industry and how important the G2E education and conference is to them and how just excited they are to, to come and learn and, and network in those spaces. Um, was really blown away by the participation from the industry this year. Yeah, and obviously that the education sessions and along with the, you know, the keynote speakers, that's certainly a, a big motivation for, for me to be out there next week and to be covering covering G2E for, for Gaming News Canada. I, I just wonder, and again, this might need, not be a fair question because you haven't been with the organization so for so long, So, I'm, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is just, you know, the evolution of the expo itself. I mean, we're, we're five years post-pass, but now uh, single event sports betting is in 30, 36, 37 states across the U.S. Now, have the dynamics of the conference changed a little bit because of that presence of legal sports betting? Uh, sports betting remains a top industry and G2E topic, especially as states continue to consider legalizing sports betting and as already legal markets mature. Um, so while sports betting on the expo floor will be focused on the next product innovations in the space, G2E's education conference will focus on how to continue to build a responsible and sustainable marketplace. So continues to be a, a top, talk it, top, top topic for us. Um, there's a couple of a uh, couple of sessions I just want to I just want to mention as we have this conversation about uh, us from the American Gaming Association. Uh, there's an all female panel, which I think is fabulous to talk about what's going on with the uh, the gaming marketplace in Ontario and, and potential opportunities across the rest of the country. I think that's on the Tuesday, Marine, with uh, Dr. Karen Schnarr, the new uh, the new registrar and chief executive officer of the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario. Uh, Martha Otten, the executive director of iGaming Ontario, is going to be on that panel as well, along with Amanda Brewer, the friend of Gaming News Canada, who's a frequent attendee on our Thursday afternoon LinkedIn audio sessions from Kindred Group. Uh, Chantel Cipriano, the chief compliance officer for Points Back Canada. And also Shelly White, the CEO of the Responsible Gambling Council, is going to be be part of that panel. Uh, so obviously looking forward to that. And I, I, the one thing I do find, Marine, having attended these conferences now for the last two years, is there is a lot of interest. And, and the rooms tend to be pretty full when Ontario comes up because people real, recognize the significance of the market up here. And, and of course, they're always curious about uh, when we might see Ontario's marketplace get duplicated across other uh, provinces in Canada. Yeah, that session um, I think you mentioned was uh, Tuesday, and I just wanted to point out that I think that session is scheduled for Monday, uh, so we can get you any of that information just to make sure we get uh, 
the right information out there on the day and time for that important session. Yeah, no, that's correct, Marina. Yeah, yeah. And if for anybody, uh, we do have links to the panels in the Tuesday newsletter, so we we do have the correct uh, the correct day. Uh, you can also go to globalgamingexpo.com for all all the information on the from the conference. Uh, you know, the the keynote that I'm interested to is. Uh, Amy Howe, the CEO of FanDuel, and, and Jason Robbins, CEO of DraftKings, are, are going to be together on stage with uh, Contessa Ruhr from CNBC. And I think uh, there, there was a lot of fun had last year with the fact that those two rivals would get on the stage together. But it was actually one of the better, uh, I think one of the better hours of the conference is listening to both Amy and, and Jason speak. And, um, as you know, Maureen, this, this is an industry that's kind of traveling at warp speed right now. So I'm sure the conversation will be much different than it was a year ago. There was a lot of positive feedback uh, about the two of them sharing the stage last year. So we're thrilled to have them back again this year. Certainly they'll be, you know, talking about the expansion of sports betting and online gaming, innovation and technology, evolution of the fan experience and any other uh, trends that each of them sees on the horizon. So we look forward to welcoming them back again on Wednesday. Marina, I just want to go back quickly to the when you when you reached out to people for feedback on last year's uh, expo. It, was, were there any themes that were common? At all obviously, uh, what we have seen, I think, with conferences in the U.S. so far this year is, is people are curious about when uh, when states are going to expand uh, legal gambling to include i you know, online casino and and i gaming and. Uh, so I, I know I think I believe there are some there are some panels around that topic. Um, but but are there a few common themes where people say, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear more about that or we'd like to see more of those types of exhibits at the expo? I think one common theme that came up quite a bit um, and was uh, AI, so artificial intelligence and gaming. And the way we responded to that is, of course, by including AI throughout the conference and education, but we launched uh, new, smaller, more intimate workshops that are being held on Thursday. And one of those workshops will be dedicated to AI. So that I would say came through loud and clear as one of the emerging topics that the industry wanted to see us cover. So we'll handle it through, like I said, through regular conference and education programming, but also have dedicated one of our four workshops to that to be held on Thursday. When we uh, when we get people like yourself on on the show and and we you know we're teeing up conferences, the one thing we one question we always ask is is if you're a first timer going to this conference and you know I'll, I'll admit like attending my uh, or making my maiden voyage to G2E last year, it's just pretty uh, it's a little overwhelming, a little intimidating when you walk into that hall on, on the first morning with with everybody and and the lineups and and the uh, you know just the vastness of the of the space inside the Venetian Expo, and I guess can you give two or three pieces of advice to people who are coming to the for the first time on, on kind of what to do and what not to do? Sure, I think first and foremost is you know arrive early, uh, registration. Um, we we do the best we can to plan for for long lines on Tuesday morning. So we've actually expanded uh, the registration space this year to try to accommodate and plan for that. But it's always good advice, I think, for anyone coming to G2E uh, to arrive early, try to print their badge on Monday, 
um, try to do whatever it is that you can in terms of registration and badge printing um, early so that you're, you know, not one of the people that are, are standing in that long line. Uh, the content is excellent. Um, we've got a great education and conference program lined up. Um, one of the things that, again, a, a new a newcomer to G2E could do this year is go to the Global Gaming Expo website and download, um, take one of the quizzes to help guide your experience or take a look at the G2E guides that have been pre-crafted. Um, by topic, and those will give you some areas on the show floor to check out, as well as make some conference and education suggestions based on topics that you're interested in. So we're trying to curate the, the best experience that we can, given all that we have to offer on the show floor and throughout the conference. Yeah, I just want to mention too, Maureen, uh, the organizers do just a fabulous job, and this this will sound like an infomercial for for the AGO and the, G, the G2E organizers, but uh, there's just the website so well designed, and and you can actually go into the panels and and put them on your calendar, whether you're in a, you have a Google Calendar or an Outlook Calendar. So I I would suggest doing that. Um, if you're a media person, and again, we, we have a lot of media people who listen to this podcast, uh, T2E has probably the best media room I've seen at the conferences I've attended for two years now. It's a great, great space. It's kind of away from away from people, so there's not a lot of traffic, but it's a great place just to open open up your laptop and, and get some work done or just uh, a good place to meet, uh, to, to meet people. So I would recommend that as well. But Certainly take advantage of the of the website. G2E also has an app that you can download. Um, I've done that already and bookmark, you know, panels I wanna I wanna listen to and, and make sure I'm freeing my freeing up some time for myself to, to do some networking as well. So uh, you know, good good on the organizers for making that so accessible to uh, to people who are gonna be attending the conference. Great. I'm thrilled to hear those things are are used and appreciated. Hey, before we let you go, Maureen, any, anything else that, uh, you know, are there any new exhibits this year at the conference or any new wrinkles that, that you would, if, again, if someone's an experienced G2E attendee, that they'll see something new in, uh, in Las Vegas next week? One area that was identified uh, as a new and emerging area that deserved a little bit more focus at G2E is certainly iGaming. So this year, we have created the iGaming Zone. So that's the, the spot on the show floor that uh, keeps the future of the online casino space all in one area. So an expansion from the edge of Hall C into Hall D. Um, and just at the edge of the iGaming Zone is an expanded uh, innovation space uh, this year called The Lab. Um, and that's where we'll be featuring programming about new technology, startups. We have some content partners who will be sharing information in there as well. So that's a that's another new dedicated larger space on the show floor. So if you're interested in iGaming or you're interested in hearing the latest and greatest from some of these startups and, and new technology companies, the, the iGaming Zone and the lab are definitely places on the show floor not to be missed. Great. Uh, Maureen Bettis is the Vice President of Membership and Events for the American Gaming Association. Maureen, I really appreciate you uh, you joining us in a week where I know there's a lot uh, a lot on your plate and uh, sincerely hope that we have a chance to meet each other in person next week and, uh, and wishing you and Bill Miller and everybody else at the American Gaming Association best of luck for a highly successful G2E. Thanks again for having me, Steve, and I look forward to seeing everybody at G2E next week.
Very special thanks this week to James Ross and Charlie Horner from SBC News, to Maureen Bettis from the American Gaming Association. Uh, we wish everybody who's attending G2E next week safe uh, safe travel to Las, to Las Vegas. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast on Substack at GamingNewsCanada.ca and also on the various podcast platforms. And we wish everybody very, very healthy, safe, and enjoyable Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada with your friends and family. And we will see you soon once again on the Gaming News Canada Show podcast. Thank you for listening to the Gaming News Canada Show. Sign up for our newsletter at GamingNewsCanada.ca. Follow Steve McAllister on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Message Steve if you're interested in being a sponsor or featured guest.